This is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where we dissect serial killers and analyze what we find. Today, we're going to talk about CrimeCon 2022, Las Vegas. I have Igor here with me. Hola. And we are excited to share our experiences. If you've noticed, if you pay attention to Facebook, I posted that we hated one and loved the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Basically, I think you can probably figure out CrimeCon was awesome. So we loved CrimeCon. Always amazing. Vegas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. Not a not casino gals, but even outside of that, not Vegas gals. First, we're going to focus on talking about the CrimeCon speakers that we saw. Then we'll get into CrimeCon in general. And then we'll get into Vegas and our experience in Vegas. And we'll wrap up with the lessons we learned and any other uh, stuff that we want to throw in along the way. We'll do a quick recap what a crime con is. It is it's convention based on true crime. It's brought to you by Oxygen. And they basically have a whole bunch of different speakers there that are like all kinds of realms of true crime. There's like Dateline. People from Dateline were there. There's... Mm -hmm. Forensic scientists, former FBI, and there's all kinds of different journalists, yeah. authors of true crime. There are people with podcasts there. And so there's like a whole bunch of different things like that. And so it's basically like you can go and you can select which speakers you want to go see. They have meet and greets where you can go get your picture taken with them. And there's all kinds of stuff. So that is what we went to. And again, this was in Las Vegas this time. The first day, it was kind of nice because... The first sessions we went to were about how to get to the truth, kind of like interviewing techniques. And then the next one was how to spot a liar in seven seconds. So it was fun after that point is because they give you like tips and tricks. Like if this happens, then this is a clue that they're lying. So then the rest of the sessions, you could kind of look and see for those clues, especially if they happen to show a video of someone talking. So for example, like one of the next sessions was the West Memphis Three. And was mm -hmm. it Terry Hobbs? They interviewed and they showed an interview of him. Right. And so it was interesting because then you could kind of watch and see the footage of him talking and see if you could pick up on any of those, you know, how to spot a liar if they're telling the truth or, you know, the mannerisms. And, and, and I, was, I thought that was that was a cool. It was moderated by, uh, I think it was Crime and Punishments um, podcaster. And I, I'll have to look up his name. It also so we I wasn't prepared with the names, but also Ugh. there was a pro, there was a a was it a prosecutor and then a um, then the investigative journalist who actually did was the one that did the interview with him. Yes, and he it recorded was, it. Yeah. Um. So it was Truth and Justice podcast host Bob Ruff is joined by retired FBI profiler Jim Clemente. There we and go. Investigative investigative journalist George Jared. And they mostly just spent the time talking about um, Jared interviewing Terry Hobbs, the stepfather of one of the boys who was killed. And again, Jared, a very good um, at his jobs and also not a bad guy, not a bad <laughs> looker. Again, wouldn't kick him out of bed, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be rude. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Um, it was really interesting to be able to apply those concepts as you, you know, got deeper into CrimeCon. The Long Island serial killer was another one, big one that we were excited to. Yes. And uh, wasn't your boyfriend involved with that? Um, one of them. Let me think. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Jensen and Alexis Linkletter, 
who did the Unravel podcast and the, I think the second season, no, maybe it's the first, was the Long Island serial killer. And it came about from her friend that she went to high school with. He was incarcerated and he found out some interesting things. And so that was really good. It was really well put together, not just because Billy Jensen, but because it was just really, it's, they're always really prepared and it was a really good presentation where sometimes they're not, they don't have a lot of visuals and they just talk. And I don't know. I just, I mean, them, them as in Billy Jensen or people in general, the, the, the right. That well, presenters in general, Crime and just in general, but okay. yeah, some of them didn't like with the um, John Ramsey and his, the author of that book. They didn't really have a lot. They didn't put, I don't know, it wasn't organized as I would, but, and I would have liked to have seen, but I've really enjoyed their presentation. Yeah. There are some presenters that they have an outline they basically share and they'll have like, if they have points, they'll show them up on the screen. They have two big screens on the sides of the stage. And so, yeah, you definitely see some people use that more than others. Then at that point, Igor and I switched, uh, switched, uh, we didn't switch. We went to different things. I went to the role of cognitive bias while Igor met right. Billy Jensen. Mm. <laughs> I waited in line for an hour and a half. He was still supposed to only be there for like an hour, but he waited until his very long line and he so he could uh, sign a book or whatever you had. And I, I was going to buy his book or books while we were there. They didn't have them for some reason. So I had a crime con shirt on from last year that says basically a detective. And I just had him sign my sleeve. So I do have a picture of him and I'm five feet tall and he's like six, seven or something crazy. <laughs> so when he was uh, signing my shirt, he had to like really like bend backward to yes uh, I actually I'll have to post pictures because it's I happened to I was finished with mine and then she was still in line so I was like well, I'll just wait and see if I can get some candid pictures you know of him and it's just so funny to see how far he had to lean down to try to sign her shirt mm -hmm. and stuff so I got some candid pictures of her meeting him so that was kind of nice I got to see her yeah he's very personable and I mean people just talk chit chat with them and you know it's just he was a really nice guy which I knew but yeah after I waited in that line. I was like, you know what? I, I had missed Paul Holes already at that point. I didn't know it, but I'm like, even if I didn't hadn't of, I wouldn't have. It just, it's such a long time to wait in line mm. for that. So yeah. What I didn't realize is I just thought the idea of learning about the role of cognitive bias sounded interesting. So I really didn't look too much into it. I was like, okay, you know, I don't need to know a lot about it. I just know that it sounds interesting. I'm sitting there and I don't recognize the names of the people talking and it finally clicks that it is David Rudolph from The Staircase. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, they're talking about, so it's basically the Michael Peterson, The Staircase. They, that's the basis of their argument, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of went through how the different biases that people can have and not realize they have and how they affect how you handle things and, and, and stuff. And I did find out that they that HBO Max was coming out with The Staircase, a dramatization with Colin Firth and Tony Collette and Parker Posey. And actually, um, oh, I can't think of her name, but it's Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. She plays one of the daughters. So there's like a, a whole bunch of people. I was excited about that because I didn't know that, that was a thing. And I will talk about more about that at the end of the episode. I actually wound up buying David Rudolph's book, which is about in the it's like um the injustice in the American legal system. Mm -hmm. And he's going through cases that he's had where you can see where 
people have ha- had those biases and and things haven't gone gone the right way for people and they they haven't been had that that due process and you know and I haven't finished reading it but it's it's actually really interesting so far. The next day we went to see about uh, we went to see Bob Delaney speak where he in the seventies he went undercover with the mafia. And it was really interesting to hear him talk about how it changed him to be involved with that and that Mm -hmm. afterwards he had PTSD and that it made him, you know, become more aware of people who, I mean, even like healthcare workers Mm -hmm. and anybody that through COVID, you know, is anybody that's put through a prolonged period of time can get PTSD if you know, so his was really a lot about mental health and it was really refreshing and nice to hear him be so candid about it and so open. So I really, it was really inspirational to me to hear it him was, talk. It was especially good because A, he's coming from a very machismo atmosphere, 70s cop. You know, you didn't talk about your feelings. You didn't talk. I mean, they were smoking in the office for God's sake. So it was very eye-opening and to hear him talk about how he, in the seventies, in the eighties, again, when things weren't, you didn't talk about mental health, especially men to say that he met, had a friend that was, I think a psychiatrist or met up with someone else that he befriended. And they knew that they could talk to each other about things like that. And then that evolved where he um, worked with a lot of first responders during the, you know, with COVID and everything. So like, um, like V said, it's very, it was very heartening to hear. And uh, he seemed a little bit ahead of his time because of that. You just, dudes didn't talk about that. You know, it's still hard for men now. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that he wound up becoming um, a referee for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was he was interesting just about the whole mob thing and being a cop. But then when he became a referee, it's really, you know, it's really funny when he's like, so these these tall basketball basketball players get in my face and they think they're intimidating. And he's like, dude, I fucking dealt with the mob. Right. So he, <laughs> like, right. So nothing. did you, sorry, did you say that he was undercover with the mom? That was a big thing he talked about, not just being a cop, but being undercover. And yes, he started yeah. to, and he started to do the Donnie Brasco thing where he started to identify and with the people. And he talked about when they had turned people in and they shut down the operation or the whatever, and they were being brought in. And he said the look on the faces mm. of the mobsters, mafia, whatever, slash his friends and how they would, and how he felt like he had betrayed them. And uh, it was a lot. I mean, it was, he was living two lives and he was ch- morphing into this other person. I believe they said that Donnie Brasco was based on his story. Hmm. So well, then um, I was accurate in saying that Donnie exactly Brasco. Exactly, you were, and you didn't even know. Then we did another thing where she went to go see the John Ramsey thing and I went to go see the entomology. I was actually really excited to hear what the entomologist had to say. It was funny because he said that he had applied a few years ago to CrimeCon and they didn't accept him because they felt that it was too disturbing. And he was like, what? But his wife was like, no, yeah, it's it is pretty disturbing, which I'm guessing because especially if you want to show pictures, I can see why seeing maggots on a dead person might not seem like the most appealing. But you're also talking about true fucking crime. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at all kinds of stuff. So the picture, I think that he did try to scale back on how maybe gruesome the pictures were. A lot of them were just on were like pictures of animals or if they were on humans or animals, even they were pretty close up. So you could just see the very um the core of what you're supposed to look at there were a couple pictures of animals that kind of 
bothered me. There weren't, I think it was mostly animals. And I think he did that probably to be more sensitive. But but what was especially interesting about that is that entomology if, if a body's been sitting out there for a while, they can kind of tell based on the bugs and the activity, how long it's been there and all that. So that's kind of a given. We know that. But what was really interesting is what they also do that I never thought of is that they also help in cases of neglect. If an animal or a child shows signs of neglect, you can bring an entomologist. So for example, he said, if a child has patches of hair missing on their arms and stuff, it's probably roaches roaches will eat the hair off your arm. If there's an ant problem, ants can't eat hair. So there may have little spots that look like acid burns. And for animals, if an animal has sores on it, you can tell what kind, it could be a bug, you know, and they can tell about how big the sores are, how long it's been a problem. So they also help in, in neglect cases, which is, it's nice to know that they're there and they can help with that. But I'm sure it's also heartbreaking to have to, mm. to deal with that. The most interesting part was when he gave an example of a time when they were able to, to use find a bug on someone's vehicle that pinpointed them at the scene of the crime because based on the it was a very specific cricket I think and they only Jiminy Jiminy yes or maybe it was a moth I don't know but it was this this it was specific to just these two spots in Florida and it was male so they only come out at a specific time at night and so they were able to pinpoint because he had one on his fender and he was said that he was 350 miles away. And they're like, well, we found this bug on your car that's indigenous just to this place at this mm -hmm. specific time. How do you explain that bug on your vehicle? And he kind of floundered and he finally confessed. He confessed based on a bug. Mm -hmm. So that's what blew my mind. That's what, you know, I'm really glad that I went to see that because it was very intriguing. A couple things that are ironic about him, the statement saying that um, he was trying to pull back or you said he was trying to pull back and maybe not show as many people because it's gruesome. People tend to get more upset if you show right. harm or something to animals <laughs> than people. But I mean, I get the gist of what he's saying. And also along with that last year. We saw that one presentation about that mother whose daughter said that police said her that she hung herself and we, they showed a lot of close-ups for the road, for the belt marks on her post-mortem and things like that. And I mean, that's upsetting. I mean, they didn't show where they had cut in or anything like that in the autopsy, but still it was very difficult to see that you had to look at it. Um, I don't know, out of uh, research, right. Yeah. Kind of base, kind of just detach yourself from it. Well, that's what I kind of found interesting about that because it, they allowed that, but then they told him he couldn't go. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and there were quite a few people there and I know a couple people like stood up and said that they were glad that he was there and that they would um, recommend that he comes back. So that was that was cool. And he was very, he had a very a dry sense of humor, but he actually had like this nice sense of humor. And so do you want to talk about the Ramsey? I was a little disappointed. It was by the, hold on, I'll have to look at the author's name. I'm so prepared. It's very professional. John Ramsey was there with the, the author of his book. Well, it really was the author of a book and she, I guess she talked with him. But the author was basically saying that she was doing research and she found that there are a lot of discrepancies, which is why I wanted to go because I've always been on the fence 
about that. And I mentioned it before that the overarching consensus about his guilt from the profilers and the people that are involved in doing the basically detecting if people are lying or not, being deceptive, have all said that he was involved, him and uh, Patsy were involved somehow, some even going as far as saying that he was a molester. He was abusing his daughter. I was really curious because I am on the fence and I was looking forward to hearing him say things. He didn't give any new information. She pointed out a few things, but nothing. I don't know. I really was wanting to hear him. And he talked a lot about what he went through. And you know what? All of that is valid. But let's get real here. We were there. We can say what we want. You know, I don't forget about John Bonet. I don't forget how old she'd be. I don't forget all that. But let's get real. We were there to hear what he has to say. Uh, whatever side you land on, we we all want to know what he what he says. We need to know. You know, those of us, we need to know. He needs to answer some shit. So mm. that's what I'm saying. I really needed him to her to say the, the direct. Now she did do the direct, you know, did you have anything to do? And of course he said no, but he would go off on these tangents and, you know, take the question in different areas. And I just felt like she gave him too much leeway in that. Yeah, it's been a long time, but hi, it's been a long time. I know there's been a couple of books I think that he's been involved in, but this is just, I don't know. I just... From just the aspect of wanting to get more information, I didn't get anything from him that was new. And I got a little bit from the author that was new, but really she pointed out a lot of things that is are not new. There may be a couple points that she did point out, but obviously I wasn't... They weren't like kick the door in kind of revelations mm. because I don't remember them. You know, I yeah. I was just I was disappointed because I really was hoping that I'd go out of there thinking, OK, I see a little bit more mm. and it nothing really changed for me. I mean, yeah, they mm. fucked up the investigation and should they reopen it? probably because there's still DNA that needs to be tested. And he's saying he wants that. So that's good. But it's still, I was disappointed, obviously. Mm. I went to see Catherine Ramsland talk about the BTK killer because she wrote a book about it. I was going to read that book on the plane ride there, but I forgot it at home. So that kind of pissed me off, but that's okay. I don't remember what you were doing while I watched while I was there because I don't think you were there with me. Do you remember what you were doing while I was? I was uh, doing some ecstasy for the first time. Oh, okay. Well, that explains hmm. a lot about because I, I had hooked up with John Mankiewicz. <laughs> and we had done some ecstasy together. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see that. And I know that I had said. Did I the... say John? I meant Josh. I was wondering, but I was just going to roll with it. Cut that. Let's <laughs> reprint it. Josh Mankiewicz and I did acid. I had mentioned previously that I was kind of on the fence about Catherine Ramsland because some of the things that I've read of hers, you know, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with her opinion. As far as her presentation, she said she was very focused on the BTK killer. It was really interesting. And I didn't hear her say anything that I completely disagreed with. It didn't from what I know of the BTK killer, I didn't hear anything that sounded off. It all seemed to match up what I knew about it. And so I actually, I did enjoy her presentation and I am still looking forward to reading more of her books and stuff. And that was actually pretty interesting to me. Then we went to see the Dateline people and Heath Morrison, <laughs> Josh Mankiewicz, <laughs> the yeah. others. 
Yeah. So they did it like, was it some kind of anniversary special or something? Wasn't it like, I don't remember. Are you going to make me look at something else? Oh, never mind. No. It was like they're launching. They talked about what the future is and they're discussing and they discussed that they're launching like longer, like longer series or something specific. Yeah. They're partnering with Peacock. Yes. Yeah. And they have language. uh, Yeah. Peacock. They talked about how they're excited that now they have some, a format because on Peacock, they don't have to watch their time frame like they do on the show, Dateline. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was there were several of them there, and there was a moderator, and she would go through and ask some questions about their past and about their future and, and things like that. So I'm I don't I don't watch Dateline. Apparently, I'm the only person in the world. I don't know. Where she but it was, yeah. So it wasn't like the most exciting thing for me, but it was it was fun to see there what and it did make me want to watch Dateline. It was kind of fun. They had clips of all the pop culture references to Dateline. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to see how many fucking things mentioned Dateline and how prolific I hooped, Dateline I is. hollered. Yeah. I, I mean, people were whistling, not just me, were <laughs> whistling for Keith Morrison. So it's not just me, kids. All oh, right. no. Yeah. I, so... would, I would have him wear a, an adult diaper, a pacifier, and a bonnet, and I'd spank him. Segway real quick back to the book for the the Ramsey book. Paula mm. Woodward is the oh, yeah. author, and it's called Unsolved: The John Bonet Ramsey Murder, Twenty Five Years Later. So that's that. Okay. Then the last thing that we did was we watched a presentation about from David Robinson about his missing son Daniel. That one that one was difficult. Obviously, his son's been missing for five years, and the thing, the thing about Crime Con that I love is that you have these horrific things that you're hearing about, but then you also see the beautiful side of human nature. So you Definitely. have this, you you have this 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 kid that went missing. I mean, he, I think he was just like in college or something. He had just graduated, so he's like 21, right. 22. Yeah, and he goes missing. There were people. The father was talking about how he's amazed at how many people have reached out to him. Have literally come driven there to help search for his son physically from all over all over the nation right and there is even so the way the format is is they have the presentation and then they have the last 10 minutes usually set aside for questions so there was a girl in the audience that was like i live in your area what can i physically do other than help you look what can i do to help you with this cause and he was like if you can go to city council meetings and try to help me put the pressure on the cops because the cops well, I don't remember if it was a cop specifically, but one, it is. It's the, is it the cops Buckeye cops that, or something. Because okay. yeah. there was one group that's like, yeah, you're doing a good job. You don't need our help. And exactly. So it was the like, local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the FBI wouldn't open it because they said you got they, this. Yeah. They basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to see the level of people that care for a stranger, <laughs> you know, yeah, completely. And you may remember that I covered that on crime keeper that's right and that i've been posting things on the crime keeper facebook page links about that and how he's been searching he has gofundme and there was no i think there was a couple people and from that area that stood up and said you know hey what can i do where can we donate Mm. what can we you know how can we like she said physically go out and then help with the search but also there was a woman that got up that gave so much information for him. She said, oh, did you try true. this? Did you try this? They actually had to cut her off. She was <laughs> fired up. It wasn't just fired up and just venting her, her feelings. She was fired up and giving really good information mm-hmm. that he had not done yet because it's just him. 
And how would he know? Mm. He's just getting, you know, he, he moved there. He uses retirement money to live in this little mm. apartment. And through the last years, they have found him and his investigation team has found six bodies, six bodies in that area. None are his son. He's doing all this without support and they're not coming in and supporting him. Six bodies. Yeah. It's, that's... And then that in and of itself is like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a tough one. And I didn't get any new information from that. But I mean, not that I just go for that, but I felt a connection obviously because I've covered it and I knew so much about it and to see him and feel that support. It was just, yeah, it was very, it was, it was, that was a tough one. I think for me, Yeah. then the next day we saw Gil Carrillo speak, who is my boyfriend, her boyfriend. And he spoke last year. It was basically the same presentation as last year, but there were so many new people. And honestly, when someone speaks for like 45 minutes, you're not going to remember everything that they said. I honestly didn't mind. Like as he was saying it, I remember it. And I was like, oh, I completely forgot about that. I still really like him. I know you, you enjoyed the presentation, right? Yeah. And he was like, uh, I was saying before that I like presentations that are put together and have a slideshow and have points and an agenda and a summary and all that kind of um, organized OCD stuff. But he was so entertaining and funny. I don't think he had a single slide. He Mm -mm. talked, but he kept you engaged and he was funny. He was just real personable, obviously has a very good relationship with his wife or mm-hmm. it appears so from how he talks about her, but it, it was really good. And then we spent the rest of the day, Sunday, which was the last day listening to podcasts. So they had live podcast recordings. And the first one we went to, it was funny because I didn't recognize the name. And even Igor was like, we well, have a book by her. And I was like, do I? But I had so much other things in my mind. It just didn't. So when I saw her and Igor pulled up, her books. It's Kate Winkler Dawson. She wrote Death in the Air. And I didn't put that together, but I love that book. I did. I covered it in my John Reginald Christie episode. And I even was like, um, V, guess what? You know her. No, I don't. You have a book from her. Do I? We've talked about this. Did we? I don't have. So I had to pull up the stuff. And I was really excited because I listened to her podcast on Exactly Right Network. And she's really good in looking in her bio, she has a lot of producer credits, studio work and whatnot. So explains why she's so put together and present, but she's also a a college professor. So just from that vast experience, it does explain why she is so good. It was about the Vallow and Daybell. Yeah. And how that's still kind of ongoing, but in how she thought that they were living zombies and that it's just horrible it was I mean I really I enjoyed those tapings those recordings yeah and what was nice is that so there's about like 15 20 minutes in between each session so I noticed that she was kind of hanging out the desk and I'm like I'm gonna go get her autograph and I don't have her book with me but I had my crime con book that they give you with all the information so I'm like I'm just gonna have her sign that and I went up and and I was like I love your book death in the air I covered it on my podcast and she was like, that's my first book. And that just blew my mind because it is so fucking good. She Mm. just really delves into the details of the history, you know, and I told her how I thought it was really interesting that reading it during COVID, how there were parallels with COVID Mm -hmm. and she was very easy to talk to. She was very nice. And I wish we could have hung out because she seemed really cool. And so I'm definitely going to check out. It was a wicked words is the podcast that she was doing 
there. So I'm definitely going to check that out and, and read more of her stuff. Cause I really, really enjoyed that. And it, it's good. I listened to that. And then uh, tenfold more wicked is the other one. Oh, right. And she really, she interviews the history, like uh, she interviews the history. She interviews the families mm. along with the crime that could have happened mm-hmm. back. She, the recent one was about a civil war air divorce, which of course that wasn't, Oh yeah. women didn't get divorced and how the families, there was violence around it and how it affects the family even today. Mm. Like p- members of the families still don't talk to each other some wow. of them because of that. So it's very Jeez. interesting. Yeah. Mm. Then after that, it was Candace DeLong with Killer Psyche. Yeah, so yeah. she just says, okay, ask me anything. And it was really, and I was afraid it was like, oh God. But it actually, I mean, it, she answered very in depth. It really she was it very candid. Right, given her name is Candace. And um, it was actually pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed yeah, it. And I didn't really know anything about her. But so in a way, I was kind of like, yeah, if you're going into it and you're like, somebody asked me anything and you don't even really know anything about them. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, OK, because I was going to go to her session, but we wound up having lunch with someone, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it was interesting. And I think I got to know her a little bit better. So now maybe going into listening to her podcast and and things like that, maybe, you know, that'll help me give a better sense of where, what she, where she's coming from. And yeah, that was really, it was funny because the first question she was taking so long to answer mm-hmm. that I think her manager was getting nervous and she kept kind the of producer walking up. was like, the Hello. producer was kind of like, mm-hmm. come on, come on, come on. We've got other questions. Then the last one that we watched was about the Pike massacre. And there we go. Yeah. Was there two seasons and they're on the third one? I've only listened to the first. I think they are on the third one. I'll have to, so, obviously, I got to get caught up, but uh, there's been new developments mm-hmm. since then. I've, and I've also reported on that, the Piketon Massacre. Yes. I was familiar with it, but they, their passion. Mm. And they also, they all have a background with Nancy Grace. I'm going to forgive them for that, but yeah. they were all so passionate. Mm-hmm. It was, it just made it even better. Right. And I haven't listened to the podcast and that's something definitely on my list. But what's really intriguing is, is is from their perspective, like the first season or two, is they really didn't think that other family was involved. Mm-hmm. So they're like, for for evidence for someone to confess and and to realize that family might have killed the other part of the family, they're and like, all, this is just unbelievable. So and for it all to come down to the custody of a child mm-hmm. is mind blowing. I thought the same thing as when I heard it. I was like, okay, cockfighting pot. It's the, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's in rural Ohio, whatever, but still you piss off the wrong people, they'll find you. Mm. Then to find out it is over custody of a baby, it's just, and someone she's not even, they're not even, they weren't even involved anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, yeah, it's how that played out. Unbelievable on so many levels. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they come out with in season three and mm-hmm. and to follow in on that. Because you can tell that they are really trying to dig into things. and Because they alluded know. to the fact there's more information that you haven't necessarily heard mm-hmm. and more information that they found out in their investigation while that mm-hmm. was all evolving still. So yeah, I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was phenomenal. I enjoyed it as much as I did the year before. I still, Mm -hmm. I felt the level of presenters was amazing. It's still impressive to me that even if I don't know their names, (laughs) that they get such big names there, Mm -hmm. but there are names obviously that I do know that come there. And I noticed speaking of the staircase that Dr. Henry Lee, who was in in the staircase, he was actually there and I missed his Mm -hmm. presentation, but just the level of information, the professionalism, it is just phenomenal. And I do, I did notice that I believe they posted all of the presentations. So I paid a little extra to be in Crime HQ 
mm-hmm. so that way I can go back and watch the sessions that I missed, or I can rewatch sessions that I've already seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to maybe trying to get that done. Like if I ever have time this week, you know, or starting to watch that. So that's another thing that I like is that if you know, you miss something that you have an opportunity to, to catch it or watch something again. And I agree with you. It's, it was just as good as last year. The only, and the big difference is, I know we're going to talk about it, but the, just so they know, people listening know it went from 1500 people last year because of COVID. And then they had the seats, the space you could have, uh, you didn't have to do your vaccination card, but there were, um, there were masks or, and then you could also, I think, was it, I think masks were even had been lifted there in right. the you hotel, could if you wanted to. but you, there had a lot of seats that, you know, mm-hmm. space seating you could wear. They had a special, you could just walk like, around like it was nothing. Right. But you could, you know, they, re- but there was, it was really nice because of that mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of ways. And then versus this year, of course, Vegas, they went from 1500 to 5,000 people. <laughs> so it was very different, a little more crowded. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was still plenty of seating, you know, but definitely just yeah, the hallways still, weren't the hallways were more cramped. Yeah, yeah it wasn't was like you could say, stroll through. Yeah, we noticed on the first day that we were trying to get to one of the conference rooms, but it was literally just stopped. Like the hall was just packed with people to stop. And we're short. We're both not even five feet tall. So we're like, we don't know. Excuse me. I am five feet. Thank you. Oh, OK. We're like, we don't know. We don't understand what's happening. Well, there's a woman standing next to Igor and she's like, what's going on? And we're like, we don't know. And we're talking about how, you know, humans kind of suck. And but she could kind of see over and she's like, oh, I think I see an opening. So she took Igor's hand and, and Igor mm-hmm. took my hand and she guided us through the crowd and got us through the crowd. And, and we saw just like, have a good day. And and then we kind of talked. Yeah, like we can go here, we can go there. And it, it was it ended up being they had, it was just poor event planning. Mm. They had a place you could get drinks right in the middle so instead of people lining up against the wall they were just going like single file along so they were cutting off right in the middle it was like it was duh yeah so so that was the only that day and then they did make it they roped it off or whatever so yeah they they did it they they changed it a little that was it but it it was uh yeah there were a lot of people yeah and and then there was like when we were even just trying to when we first got there and we were trying to figure out where the conference rooms were in the first place there was a woman who saw us you know wander around like we didn't know Mm -hmm. what we were doing and she and i had my crime con shirt on right that's right and so she she took us there and she's like, OK, I'm going to go, you know, and it was. Yes. Yeah. And it ended up she was a friend of one of the podcasts. And I don't remember which one it is. There were a lot there, even more so than last year. And she was like, hey, I'm here to support my friend. She's has a podcast. And, you know, I was, of course, like we have a podcast. She guided us right in. So there was just a lot of good people. But as we'll get into, not from Vegas, a lot of good people we met from around you know, the country that uh were there with us yeah the i thought it was interesting they had the bookstore separate from the merch so mm-hmm. in a way that was kind of nice you could have all the books in one section and then so if you were looking for a specific book you didn't have to clutter up the merch room because the merch room was pretty packed with merch and the 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 thing is with the bookstore is it was still kind of cramped so that was my complaint about that it um, was yeah and if people stopped it was just a tiny little mm-hmm. like it felt like five by five space maybe yeah, 10 by was, 10 yeah but it was a small space well, and if someone stopped to look at a book you were it was just stopped yeah it was a long so you didn't know, and you didn't know if you were stopped because you're in line and you're like yeah. well, I haven't even bought anything yet but it was like a u-shape 
So you'd have to go in this U shape and there's ba- maybe enough room for two people to stand side by side, but mm-hmm. then people would just stop. And, and, and then the other thing is what was cool is they actually had some of the authors of the books that would come there and do signings. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is then people would be standing in line for the signing, but they would be in the way of the books that you're trying to look at. And again, didn't know if you should maneuver around. Is that rude? Yeah. Were, you know, were they in line with somebody or not? Yeah, it was kind of confusing, Mm -hmm. which speaking of, so I was excited because I noticed there was a graphic novel there. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know, I'm super into comics and to see a comic, you know, graphic novel there. It's like, what the fuck? And especially if it's a true crime thing, I was very intrigued. I was like, well, I'm going to buy it no matter what. It's called Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R. And it's by Humanoids is the publishing, publishing, publishing. I, we, we got the Popeye record. So we were listening to that before we started to record. So now I'm Popeyeing it. And it's basically about, I believe it's like this Jewish gangster is fakes his death because he doesn't, he wants to stop being in the mob. So he fakes his death and then it goes into this whole thing. And it's apparently based on a real guy. And the real guy was was there and he signed my book too. So unfortunately, I got so into talking about comics in general with them that I didn't get to talk to them specifically about their comic. <laughs> and then I was rushed along. So I am looking forward into, I will, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it. And, and I did just find an article from the author. So I will cover it more in depth later. But that was just really exciting. And the art is actually really good. I'm very excited and to see that it was in this format there. I got that as well. So overall, they, I think that they're very good for the most part at adapting. So if they notice the problem, like Igor said, they kind of they moved things around if they needed to. Bookstore, they kind of I don't know that they could have made that any bigger. So, but I yeah, think that it's but, probably more of a they mm-hmm. take notes for the future and just try to make things because you can see just from last year to this year the things that that change. One thing is the merch itself was basically exactly the same as last year's. So that was a little disappointing to not really see any new merch. They did have, though, the sweatshirt that I got. They did have a couple of sweatshirt and a shirt. Instead of just saying the generic crime con and having no year, it did say Las Vegas 2022. So I did get, yeah. there were a couple things like that, but for the, we saw a lot of the same merch. Mm. Yeah, it was. And what was nice is by the last day is they were, they put it on sale because, you know, they're trying to sell it because it's 2022, you know, but the problem is, is by then they only had like smalls left. And yeah, so Ugh. it was kind of like, uh, it's like people, so come on, there bigger. aren't that many. Yeah, there obviously aren't that many small people. But, Come you know, on. they don't always know that, I guess, when they're ordering and stuff. So that's just what they were left with. But I did um, I did buy a really comfy sweatshirt Me and too. stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so there was it was still nice to have options because they did have several different options that all just said crime con or basically to de- detective. Mm-hmm. So it was um, so it and was they were giving nice, but... away free koozies oh, of right. uh, Joe Kenda. If you watch the ID, <laughs> his uh, watched his ID show. So that was like, if I go missing like 10, and they're like, here, take 10. Right. It was kind of funny because they were really trying to get rid of them. Yeah. It was like, if I go missing, call Joe Kenda or something, something like that. Yeah. And speaking of Joe Kenda, the only other thing that we noticed that was kind of an issue was last year, they didn't have a room for the podcasters where they just had tables and stuff. They had them along the hallway the last place. Well, in this one, they put them all in, the, in, the, in a big room, which is great is to have them all in the same room. But the problem is they did the live podcast recordings in that room. So they only had like five rows of seats and then it was standing room only and there was hardly any room. So it was really limited how many people could come and watch the live podcast. Plus it was loud. 
So you had to try to focus on what the podcasters were saying while you were listening to the roar behind you and around you. And I think it was distracting the podcasters sometimes is to have I think Candace was the one that even said Candace along was even like this is real loud in here yeah so yeah like she said last year there was a big conference room just like they would have the presentations in they had one that they just did the um the podcast recordings right it was great but then for some reason they just didn't do that well and I wonder and and I'm glad that you clarified that because I mentioned where the podcast row was but I didn't mention where the podcast was so if they were recording a podcast it was in a conference room so you had plenty of seats and and everything I'm wondering if they were just like it'll be cool to have the pod live podcast in the room with pod the podcasting table so I I can kind of see why maybe they would think that that was a cool idea but I'm kind of hoping they don't replicate that you know, in the future, I think that that was you know a little limiting. And it may have been a space issue because yeah, the large, true. the areas that they have, they, uh, the large conference rooms were all taken up. I mean, in yeah. order for them to do what they right. wanted to do. Well, so in a way, thing. I think it may have been a, a staff, a staffing, hello, hmm. a, uh, space, space issue. Yeah, that's, and they that's were like, true. oh, well, that'll be fine. But still it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like they, they really need to switch it up somehow or mm. keep that in mind because I did not that it, it kind of sucked yeah and, and again well that's a good point is that they have to deal with whatever they're given so whatever venue they're given they have to make what make what they're doing fit so I think it was fine you know considering the space that they had but that that was the the drawback is not really being able to focus on that very much I did notice that they had COVID testing right outside the area where you check in for crime con so i thought that was Mm -hmm. that was kind of nice it was kind of refreshing i guess that oh you can get a COVID test right there if you're feeling and i did see people there so that made me a little nervous but at least they could be diagnosed and maybe get the fuck out of there right but in a way that showed that they were still you know cognizant of that and but you know they looked at me weird when i asked if they had the results of my chlamydia test yeah i thought that was just rude just rude I would make a Dr. Mantis toboggan joke, but you don't really watch It's Always Sunny. So I do. I just haven't um, watched as much as you because of said chlamydia condition. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So the hotel itself, it was in the Paris Hotel, which was partnered with Bally's. They were right there together. Um, The Paris Hotel was really cool. When you walked in, it literally looked like the streets of Paris. They had like a sky overhead and they had fake trees and you felt like you were, well, maybe you didn't feel like it, but you know, it was like you were walking through the streets of Paris. I thought it was really cool. And we did eat there. Uh, we'll, We'll tell the story real fast. So we decided to try to get a quick lunch if that was possible, you know, because we did, we were trying not to miss sessions. So we were in line for this restaurant in the Paris Hotel, and there was a woman ahead of us that was by herself. Well, she turns around when it's her turn to, you know, get a table. And she was like, look, I'm sorry, but I'm by myself. I don't want to take up a table of four since there's a line of people behind us. Do you care if I eat with you? And we're like, oh, sure. She had a crime con VIP lanyard on. So we're like, oh, sure. You know, why not? And it's funny. She she had also gone to the John Ramsey presentation as well. So yeah, that it just had that it just completed. Yeah. And I was chomping at the bit to find out from somebody else since uh, V didn't go. I really wanted to discuss what they thought because of my obvious feelings of, you know, where where I would landed on that. Yeah. And it was really nice. Her name was Thelma and she was excited that we have a podcast and we just had a really nice conversation and very refreshing to just meet somebody and hang out and and then she actually as soon as as soon as we uh, went back to the 
went to the next conference thing, she had liked Murder Lab page and she had sent us a message and I'll have to post the picture. I had a picture taken of us together. So that was, that was nice. Now, did you find it awkward when she started sending you pictures of her and her underwear? Oh, well, she did okay not. <laughs> See, what? now she's going to stop listening. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, she did not do that. She, she was very professional. Professional. Now we'll do a quick recap of the other part of <laughs> our adventures, which was Vegas itself. Let's just say if you see the Rio Hotel in Vegas, run away. If you come across their website, run from your computer. Yes, it's just, um, they had recommended, of course, Paris and Bally's where the conference was happening. Well, they said they also, in that same group, is the Rio. The third affiliated. Yeah, Yeah. they were affiliated with that that group of hotels. Yeah, I think they were all part of, those three were part of Caesars. We were like, okay, the Rio was cheaper. So we're like, oh, we'll go with the Rio. They recommended it. Of course, it looked nice on the website. And we figured, oh, you know, if CrimeCon recommends it and it's, you know, it's well, they ran Well, they yeah. ran out of the rates. They ran out of the rooms with the CrimeCon rate. So it was like right. double. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many different hotels, you know what I mean? Around yeah. there. And I start looking at the ones right there near it, right on the strip. And there were no rooms or they were because the NFL draft oh, that's was right. also the same was weekend. So it was like, so I was like, screw it. I'll, I'll go to the Rio. So we, we go to the Rio and like just starting off, it was the, the thing where it's like, oh, you know, we got there early and they said, oh, you can p- spend 15 bucks and we'll get you in your room early. Then the next thing is, oh, you're not going to get in your room until noon. And we got it into Vegas. We landed at 7 a.m. their time. Yeah. yeah. And so we're like, and so I'm like, oh, well, that's funny. You were willing to take our $15 and make us think that we could get in earlier. So we go ahead and go about our day. And then they're like at 1030. Oh, your room's ready. And of course, as soon as we, we got, yeah, the- as soon as we got <laughs> to a different, I've, where did we go? We went to we- Madame Tussauds. Oh, that's right. So as soon as we got to the Venetian where, where yeah. the, where all that is, I said, you are shitting me. Got the text. Your room's ready. I was like, you've got, I mean, as soon as we were there, yes. it was like, and oh my God. The other thing is, is that we were counting on being able to get into our hotel room, you know, to charge our phones because they were more dead than I would have expected at that point. And, you know, some of us needed to freshen up a wee piece. You just yeah. want to, you know, throw on a little lipstick, maybe wash your underarms. Vicky. Yeah. Hey, well, we're finally able to get into the Rio. Oh my God. It was like, the room was big. So we're like, okay. Then you start looking at the furniture and you see that it's dingy and stained. There's a cigarette burn in you, the chair. And you really didn't even really, really need to look for things. No, you walk in, the room wasn't bad as far as the size. Okay. Right. It was a good size. It's just, mm-hmm. It was obvious the the carpet seams mm-hmm. were coming up and looked like I I stitched it because I'm not a good sewing person. It looked like I stitched it all together. Yeah, I and, mean, it looked like somebody sat there and picked at it at the seams. And wallpaper peeling mm-hmm. um, the floor. I don't ever really look at a bathroom floor that's tile at a hotel because, you know, usually glistens or what. It looked dirty. Mm-hmm. I felt gross. Yeah. And, and yeah, there were stains on the carpet and stuff, but that was just glaring. Yeah. Glaring. And it was like stains on the curtains. Like, I don't even know how you yeah. get that kind of stain on that curtain mm-hmm. where it was. Then- and the big thing I saw was on the headboard. It looked like a three-year-old had taken a pen and just drew, didn't draw mommy, daddy, and the son, just drew whatever. And it just was, it was just like, like how do you, it was probably three feet 
three feet I mean, tall and it, it was, was on a cream colored yeah. I mean, headboard. it wasn't like a little, it was like very good size. So I took mm. a picture of that, of course. And um, all of everything wood was chipped. And, oh. and mm-hmm. what's weird is the, the TV wasn't across from the beds. But you the could good pull thing it is, out is and turn it, it and turn the TV. Well, the it remote was didn't very work. tenuous. Right. Yeah, the remote didn't work. So it was like <laughs> I was like, okay, I know that I'm tired and I know I'm frustrated, but you can't select anything and you yeah. could only go down. You couldn't go back. You could. So mm. we turned it off, turned it back on and did one more thing, but never would select. Yeah. So I called and we went to dinner and uh, got some drinks because we really needed them. Yeah. And they did replace it, I think. Yeah. Cause but, then, it, um, then it worked. Well, and then it was like th- my room key didn't work. And the yeah. bathroom door was basically like a saloon door. It literally had like slats. Mm-hmm. So there was no privacy. So like we'd have to put like on our earbuds if one of us in the bathroom, if we don't want to hear each other pee. There was just and a lot I of tested it. I kept up. peeking in there and, and to make sure I could see her to prove a point. I've recorded things. I'll post on. This is why I, I drank a lot. So our first evening in Vegas, we had a good. We had it. We were hung we had, over a, l- a little bit, a little bit. Well, because we went to dinner and had a few drinks and I will say the food there was pretty good. The food was we enjoyed the it food, was, but it wasn't Vegas. It was like Ohio good. You know oh. what I mean? Like, oh, was, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It was like the, the one place that was open because that's the other thing oh, is we right. first got there and walked around we kept looking. It was like, and oh, everything was closed because so we get that. So I get the thing. I, I look at it. The price is really low and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's because it's off the strip. Okay. So that was the other thing. It's off the strip, but I'm looking at the website and I'm sending stuff to V like, Oh, look at this. It has Penn and Teller and it's got this. And Oh, look, it's got this chef's restaurant. We get there. It looked like old Vegas cigarette smoke, you know, of course in the casino and we're walking around. We hit one side of it. Like, what was it? The Mar- it wasn't Margaritaville. It started with it at Masquerade. It was the Masquerade, and it looked like New Vegas, right? Like you'd see. But the rest of it was like 80s Vegas. So yeah. we're walking around. We noticed this restaurant closed permanently. This tem- restaurant. Everything's temporarily, though. Oh, yeah. Closed. Then this restaurant only open Tuesdays and the second Thursday of the month from 2 to 11. Yeah, it was I'm like... Almost, I'm almost not even you know, embellishing yeah, started, on that. I was at the, looking at the website at each restaurant and it would say not open till Thursday night and, or like three of the restaurants, including, um, well, one never of chef, mind. One of a big chef. Yeah. One of a big chef. Like, a, um, Fiore. Fiore. Um, yeah. 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 Two town mayor dude. His was yeah, closed. It was like it was temporary yeah. closed. And I'm more like, what the So it's like the, on? and the, the little, the one little Starbucks they had, of course, always had a line. It yes. didn't matter the time of day yeah. or night. It did not matter. So, so we went to that ho- that went to that one restaurant. But it was seriously, it was still like any. It was like any restaurant. And the food, I mean, yeah. it was one of the best standard. I mean, the breakfast we got breakfast. Mm-hmm. It was good. The salad I got was pretty good that night. Yeah, it was. It was good, but it wasn't. The like drinks you said. had out. Like- now the drinks are good in Vegas. They don't skimp. <laughs> even even the Rio does not skimp. But. What really made me need another margarita, which I'm glad I didn't get, was they give it to you in a Meemaw glass. One of the oh, big right. old. It's like a soda Like glass. Meemaw plastic glasses. Yes. They gave me my margarita there and they were trying to put the salt around it, but it wasn't <laughs> conducive because it's not glass. And so just everything about it. So yeah. we're sitting at dinner and we're saying, we can do this. We're going to save money. It's going to be good. At the same time, looking around and knowing there's no way in hell mm. that we can hang. So then we... We decide to get some 
some snacks or whatever. And we went to the little convenience store place and they had some liquor you could take up to your room, like little bottles of Jose Cuervo, which we um, got margarita mix stuff. So we both got little bottles of that. And you went up there and you know, we were kind of drinking. And then Igor like passes out. She's like, I'm done. So she was, was like done. out at like four. I was out at like seven o'clock our time, four o'clock their time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I slept till six the next yeah. morning. So the jet lag their was time. serious. I mean, I, yeah. And you know, the alcohol and we kept finding, and also as we were in this state walking around, we kept noticing more things, the mm. filthy, how, hallway oh, how gross the halls were. It was just, it, like it had never been vacuumed I'm about the pretty red sure. spot you saw. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a blood spot, which could have been from like somebody got in a fight in the hallway and there was blood on the floor, I don't know, but still it was like, yeah. So I was like, all right, so we're over it at this point. Completely. Yeah. So she passes out and I'm still kind of awake. Well, I didn't have any book with me because I forgot my book and I didn't really want to stare at my phone the whole time. So I was like, surely they have a magazine or something that I can read. So I go down and of course they want you to go to the casino. No fucking books, not one fucking magazine. They had a, a Star Wars play pack that came with crayons and stickers. So I got that and I bought a pad of paper and a pen, a baby shark pen, because that was the only thing I saw. So mm -hmm. I ended up taking notes and drawing and coloring in the Star Wars book and drinking his, Jose Cuervo on my Friday night in Vegas. So I was drunk making Star Wars cartoons, mm -hmm. sending them to my friends back home at my exciting first night in Vegas. And I'm out. I'm completely oh, out. Oh, she's out. So and then I woke up in the middle of the night with a headache, had to take <laughs> a migraine pill. Yeah, the whole thing. And it's one of those things where you just didn't, I didn't really feel safe. I didn't sleep well. It, it, it was just, really that gross. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to sit down. I didn't want to, yeah. I dreaded getting in the bed. The oh, pillows yeah. too. The pillows mm. were like any pillows I've had, even in just regular motel hotels, right? These were this little tiny, like toddler pillow. It was like two half pillows. It, I mean, the whole thing was just. Well, when I sat in the ridiculous. chair, I was legit itchy, itchy, itchy. She was itchy. I was, yeah. I sat in the chair and I started to itch. When I got up, I was fine. Anytime I sat down that chair, it would start to itch me. It was just ridiculous. So the next morning, we're like, fuck it. We can't do this. Check 630, out. Yeah, 630. Yeah, 630. I had, I still had some salad left over. And I think you had part of your sandwich. Yeah. So for breakfast, we just did that because I didn't want to have to go down and yeah. go through that again. When I so, found out the line for Starbucks was a half hour, we're like, we'll just wait. To right. We're like, fuck to this. Have, so I know. called, I asked what the penalty was, if there was a cancellation charge because we were switching. They were like, oh, I can't tell you until you check out. Do you want me to check you out now? I'm like, I don't have another hotel. So I went ahead, lined up the Luxor by 930. We not only were was at the Luxor, our room was ready. Yeah, we could okay. just walk walk into our room. We walked right into the room. Now there, you know, it wasn't completely over because as soon as we sat down, so happy we got there. And also, before I go into that, it they also had all I had to do was put their app on my phone, and my phone was our was our key card. Yeah, you just put the phone against the keypad. So thing I sent V. Yeah the the link she had her own it worked so yeah. we didn't even have they didn't have to pay that expense for the the plastic Physical, cards that right. you just throw away it was your phone so they were jumping into the you know 20th century and so we get in our room we're like oh my god we're taking pictures because i'm just so happy that it's clean we literally and like high five and we're like finally we this hugged vacation. we felt yeah. like our vacation had started the room was cleaner the people mm. were oh more everything attractive. was so much better everything was better we sit down you know we sit down 
down the fire alarm. So an alarm, An goes, alarm off goes off. And it says in the over the intercom in every room and in the halls, um, there's been a what was it? Some type so there's, of there's this been is an a alert. security alarm, and we're not sh- we're looking into why it's going off. And it, do- it doesn't just go once every thirty seconds; it's every five back seconds. And we just look at each other like Vegas sucks. Vegas yeah. can suck like, my ass. What the fuck? What is happening? And then it, it did message, that for what five minutes, three to five minutes? Yeah, because then the message changed to it was a minor altercation, but it's been handled. Or and then that goes yeah, on I mean. for another like three to five minutes. So yes, like, okay, so then, we fucking get it. Okay, we're like, okay, so then it stops. We're like, okay, so we're walking, right? We're walking through the labyrinth that is Luxor, and then we happen to pass. It looked like the Ghostbusters. There was a a male and female who had these big backpacks on that were from like the fire department or something. First thing I thought of is Ghostbusters. Great. It's hainted. This is all I need. <laughs> when you see the Ghostbusters within the first few minutes of being in a hotel, it's not the sign of a, yeah. a good, good experience. But everything was fine after but, that. It's just, yeah. our first was like, you know, you're welcome to Vegas. I'm going to kick you in the nards for five minutes. Right. Things did get better at the Luxor. It was much nicer. We loved it. We had a wonderful breakfast there. They the have other- so they have a tons of Starbucks, oh tons of options. I mean, mm. literally, if you if this Starbucks, there was two people. You could stand at one Starbucks and look down at another Starbucks. Right, and and you, the line really wasn't that bad. No, and if you really two, were irritated was, with it, seriously, you mm. could just go to the other Starbucks and probably, you know, whatever. Yeah. So the other thing that was negative was trying to use Uber in Vegas because we had used Uber in Austin and we didn't have any kind of trouble is it would be it would have the location we were supposed to meet them. They'd meet us and blah, blah, blah. We'd walk out and they were there. Yeah. But in Vegas, it's like there would be five options and you'd hope you chose the right one. Of where to, to pick of it up. To, of where to so get picked up. Obviously, logistically, we didn't think, you know, about that. Been to Vegas before, but you know, you figure you're gonna same thing. You're gonna walk out of the main door where the and lobby it's is be right there. And that but they won't mm. let um and none of the hotels would let the pickup be there. They had a separate parking lot, which we all know in Vegas can be very far away. And one of them was at the Venetian V that took us there like you go there. And it was like they were pointing and we went through a dark parking lot through a labyrinth of mm-hmm. canals. Like, um, we don't like allow underground. them up here. Seriously. Yeah. And then and- it was like this back way for Uber. Yeah. And then the other thing is, at least in two places, they were like, so you have to go upstairs to get to the Uber. We go upstairs and it's like, take this elevator down to get to the Uber. It's like, like what? what the hell is happening? And then we go to another place and they're like, oh, Uber's on the second floor. But then it actually, you had to go to the third floor. So it was like, they purposely made it difficult. That was very stressful. And, and we didn't understand the, why. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like, what's going on? The other thing was because of the NFL draft, we were trying to, it was the, the first day of CrimeCon and we were going to go on a ghost tour. So I was looking forward to going back to the hotel, changing shoes, you know, getting more comfortable. Well, the thing is, is they moved the Uber spot. Uber drivers didn't know how to get to the passengers. And there was literally a guy standing next to us talking to his Uber driver and saying, like, I don't know how to how you get to me. You don't know how to you, you don't know where I am. Yeah, don't we don't live here. To to me. Yeah, we're yeah. from a different state. And it turns out it's because they rerouted it and it's a, they were doing a different kind of pickup area. And so literally I watched on my Uber app four drivers cancel on me. Well, they well, the first guy canceled because we didn't get to the spot in time because we didn't understand where the because fuck they we moved were. the spot. Right. And, we and didn't no one know had told us. Right. So then then I watched just it would say a driver. And I'd look down and it would say, looking for drivers. I'm like, what the hell? And then it would say, you know, Joe Bob is going to pick you up. 
And I'd look mm-hmm. back down, scrolling for drivers. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? And it finally settles on Lewis, like the fourth driver. And our phones are still kind of running a little low. We're not going to have time at this point to go back to the hotel. So I'm going to have to go on this like one and a half hour tour in my fucking sandals that I've been walking around on all day. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, okay, if this driver bails on us, we're just going to call it and go back to the hotel. And I said, look, I'll pay you back for the ghost tour. Let yeah. You know, fuck this. At least we'll get dinner. And so thankfully the dude shows up. So we're able to go and have dinner. And then we go on the ghost tour. And, and he was really great. He was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he was. And it was in old Vegas near the Four Queens and, you know, the Fr- Fremont Street, and Fremont Avenue and all yeah, that. Yeah, we started at the uh, mob, mob Museum. It was mostly, uh, it was basically like mob history. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so he took you to places where the mobs and where pe- people may see orbs or ghosts because of the mob. Mafia yeah, there, it was, uh, you know, like one of the, there was another couple with us mm-hmm. and that was just the four of us and that dude. So he made it longer, which, oh, it but, was interesting, um, but at that point, it was mostly it was mostly mob history, which yeah. of course you you know that's fine. But you know if you if you wanted to hear ghost stories, I kind of forgot it was a ghost tour, right? Yeah. Honestly, because it yeah. would be he'd tell a ghost stories like oh oh yeah that's <laughs> right there's a ghost story. Um, well, and the, th- the thing is too to keep in mind that the ghost tour started at nine, so it's midnight our time, and we've been going since six thirty in the morning. So I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out because my mm-hmm. you know our phones are are running low. I want to make sure that we get us, you know, we get back to the hotel safely. This guy's taking his time on this tour. My feet are literally getting blistered. So I was and kind of the done. first place that we had and the first so the first place we get to. So we get there, we're like, okay, we we had said let's do this place called something in heifers. What Hogs was it? Heifers. Hogs and heifers. Fine. I don't know. Barbecue place, I'm thinking, whatever. We pull up. It's um it looks it's a bar pretty much. It looks like a bar you know, the, the windows are open, the barnyard doors, it kind of looks like are open all bikers. Now I don't have anything against bikers, but when they look at you and like, like, you know, what are you doing here? It was very uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm not going in there. So I was taking the chance that I was being that guy, but I was like, I know I just can't. And the thing is, is once I looked in, it looked safe inside. But then I was like, knowing how our trip is going, and and it was, I mean, there were a couple of guys standing there that seemed fine, but there was a couple other guys that were looking at us like, who the fuck are you? You know. So I was like, and they you know also what? said something about colors, like gang colors. Oh, or... that's right. It was yeah. Yeah, and I was like, so yeah, like, that's not. Since uh-uh. Vegas has not been good to us so far, let's not. Let's just cut our losses. And we yeah. found this nice little restaurant, just like the yeah. door two down, very nice yeah, Italian real... restaurant, kind of upper, you know, upper course, upper course. Upper course. It's upper course. It's very, very trendy upper course. Huh. And I got a, a martini for the first time. It was a le- it was a cherry bomb lemon drop. It was very good. That was nice. That was mm-hmm. a good dinner. I ended up back at the hotel. We were able to get back to the hotel. And um, the that other couple was telling us, because they come to Vegas all the time. And they, when we mentioned Uber, they're like, no, 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 no. You do not want to mm-hmm. do Uber here. Vegas is not an Uber town. They hate Uber. And she's like, like, it's a taxi town. So yeah, so which it it makes sense if if taxis have been around forever and then all of a sudden Uber shows up, that kind of explains why they're treated like secondhand people. And the taxi driver, and we were talking to one of the taxi drivers and they're like, yeah, because um, I've been doing this for 20 some years. I grew, you know, I've lived here and these Uber people, Mm. they can just wake up one day you know what I mean? We're live in the suburbs or I don't know if they have suburbs, but you know, and they say, okay, I'm going to drive and they don't know. Right. And that's so, the thing is that he does it all the time. So he knows what's right. blocked off. He knows what, you know, and that's what one of the things that I've, I've thought since Uber started is that if you have to ha- pick a driver that knows the area, it's more likely a taxi would know that. Mm-hmm. So in a case like this once, and plus 
you could literally walk outside the hotel and there'd be a taxi waiting. They're waiting. And if and, not, they'll right. say, hey, can you, they'll say to the person, hey, can you call your place and send more here? Yeah. And so I, they, and I noticed they had an app. So the one time we used the taxi app and we just had it was such so much more success using taxis and the so price was comparative, you know, it mm-hmm. was comparable. So it was just so much better once we switched. Yeah. To and taxis. you could and you could walk out the front door Though, like we had before. Yeah, and yeah. there wasn't a special place they had to drop off. And that was the other thing. There's a special pickup and drop off. Yeah. And and everything for so taxis, definitely the way to go. I will say, though, that. Our Uber driver, when we were leaving the Rio, mm. we were actually complaining about it. And she's like, well, you know, they're going to tear it down. And we're like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, they started construction because they were going to build it up and do more with it. But I can't remember what happened. If she, so if she there couldn't. was, I looked into it after that. Oh, okay. And she said that, because we were like, take us as far away from this place as quickly as possible. And we we're telling her about everything. She's like, yeah, I had another person tell me about their, how, how bad it was. And it, it looked, it's actually not being um, torn down. Hyatt bought it and right. they're going to remodel it. That's what explains that one side that was masquerade that mm. looked like New Vegas. And oh, and it had the kiss car. And kiss mini golf, and it had the start makings of a like they a had mall Chippendales, yeah, and, and it stuff, was, and yeah. all that. That part was um, a, a minority of it, a smaller portion of it, but that explains why they stopped there, and um, and why and they also, weren't updating their room. They didn't give a shit, right? They yeah. did not, and I did have to. I did um, end up getting charged the whole the whole stay. So I have disputed it and attached a picture of the headboard and offering to send a lot more pictures Mm -hmm. if needed, because, you know, yeah, I, I stayed one night. I understand, you know, the, the resort fee and all that for one night with sales tax, but I mean, that's 300 extra dollars that mm. they charged me. Yeah, it's fucked up. Well, and the funny thing is, is on the ghost walk, the guy mentioned that he had worked for the Rio as like an mm-hmm. event manager, like he did. And we kept there. looking at each other like. And mm-hmm. and finally, I was like, because he made made some kind of comment that he hadn't been there for like decades or something. Right. And I was like, so when's the last time you went there? And he's like, oh, I haven't been there in a while. And I'm like, yeah, we were just there. It's, it's not so good. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I've heard about the decline. It's really sad because when I was there, it was really nice. And I said, well, they said they're going to tear it down. He's like, no, it's going to become a Hyatt, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, so it was kind of interesting. Like if you just kind of made conversation with people, how you could find out the juice, the uh, juice, the juice. I don't know. The hot <laughs> goss. Not the, sc- the, the, hot goss, the, the It's the juice. You get the juice. You get the juice. You get the juice when you meet the locals. The other awesome, the best part, I personally think outside of crime con that just Vegas itself was area 15 and Omega oh, Mart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It was fucking amazing it was uh todd was on reddit and somebody had posted a video about omega mart where they showed if you you can go into the cooler and it takes you to this cave so art so what it is is it's an interactive art display and it's a it's basically part of this huge warehouse that is known as area 15 it's very artsy very like i said interactive and you it it has a storyline and based on that storyline you start in and basically this intelligence um, has taken over their sales marketing yeah they've merged and so now it's kind of like a a, an advertising um, nightmare and it's taken over so they've they've morphed into different things so there's a it's like there are portals if you've ever played the game video game portal it is 
<laughs> it has it's portal-esque there are elements of alien and i'm trying to think of what else basically the video was of this woman walking through this store and it looks really cool and todd's like this is in vegas so i looked it up and the tickets were reasonably priced so i'm like fuck let's go there area 15 it's kind of like what is it scene 75 here in dayton where it has a houses a bunch of different activities that you can do and you have to pay extra for certain activities but what's cool is you walk in and everything's it's a black light. And then mm -hmm. they have like stores, they have like toy stores and, and different types of stores. They have a bar and then they have other activities that you can do. So it's a really cool place in general, but Omega Mart is you go in and it looks like a regular store, but you start looking at the products and the products are goofy. Like they have like wasabi peas are called leprechaun nuts, or they may have a pillow that says Dozito's calming nighttime chips. And it's actually a pillow. These are things that you can actually buy. Right. Um, that's so that's, it keeps the whole the um, perspective and mm -hmm. the yeah the feel of it being an actual mm -hmm. convenience store but it has a meat counter with tainted with a not tainted oh. um tattooed chicken which is my favorite and <laughs> they have different like encephalope meat and it's and it a, brain. Like a brain yeah. yeah and just things like that it's a turn on everything and like uh he was saying you can get in different ways and you're not sure if when you open something if it's going to let you in I know uh, that we exited through, ended up through a passage that took us out the cooler back into the, you know, the Omega Mart portion of it. Um, and then there's, there's a slide at one point from one level to another. Yeah. There's and then, a, yeah, there, a you can, it can be as, it's as interactive as you want to make it. One of the, they have a tent display and there's a, there's a little hole in the wall where you can go through that way. And, I made and her the go. thing is, is <laughs> that it's, and each room has a different theme and yeah, it's just really interesting. And you think that you've seen it all and then you find another passage. And you go There's just that. so much you can uh, you can sp you you could easily go two or three times and still find something new because it is themed and it, like I said it, it's incorporated into a storyline and so if you're into that you you could easily spend a lot of time but you know you can also just look through it I mean I can see kids just going through it looking at the stuff and that's enough for them my favorite. Uh, was a room that had this glass and it had this it looked like when ice is crystallizing on glass and it would move it was very haunting and very mesmerizing and it just was very i mean i love that kind of stuff i don't know yeah, I, thought, I thought it was real good they also had different places where you could lay down or sit down so they had which was kind of nice as if if you want to spend like an hour and a half or two hours there, there are places you could rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I normally am really into the idea of looking more into something because they had like computers, they even had phones and phone numbers yeah. you could dial and you could try to dive into these portals and, and they had videos playing. So if they had I little dioramas so of each yeah. theme, if yeah. I wouldn't have been so jet lagged, I would have been really into looking into this theme and, and you know, mm -hmm. what, what was, but I was just too fucking tired. So I just enjoyed what I enjoyed and you know um and then we kind of looked around it, it was almost like an art mall in a way because yeah, it was the other areas were bars that had certain themes and it kind of kept that otherworldly kind of feel mm -hmm. to it it had a toy store that was all like non-standard toys from like the 80s mm -hmm. and I mean just all over and they just had a lot of different, very diverse, but yet still kind of the same feel and theme. They mm. had like a, um, not like costumes, but like a shop that what they had very specific. What was the, yeah, I would have like, clothing. um, like tutus and long 
fur coats with like yeah. feather boas on them. And, yeah, very Vegasy, very yeah. showy Vegasy. Um, and it's definitely artist friendly. So the yeah. merch shop, it would actually have prints from different artists. So if you are an artist or if you're into that, it was really cool to see how they exhibited the different art and because it's literally different artists created Omega Mart. So the display mm -hmm, is in mm -hmm. there. So if you're interested in art at all, it was really interesting to see because there's one exhibit where they just took like mops and turned them into creatures. Oh, and they had flowers that had fingers yeah. as yeah. the petals and eyeballs. It was mm -hmm. just very, the yeah. visions were just, you could, they probably spent years oh, visualizing and then building yeah. it. So Omega Mart, there's um there's also one in Santa Fe. There's um there's one in Columbus. It's not called Omega Mart, it's called Other Worlds. And uh Igor's been to that I've one. Been there, loved it. So we're planning on taking a trip to there because it was, yeah, we were really uh excited about it. So so we'll be doing that. We'll we'll close up with some things that we learned because that was the whole goal. Is the first part of the trip was very stressful, but we learned things like it's probably best to stay at the hotel that the convention is at because the time that we spent getting Ubers and getting to the hotel, it kind of felt wasted because when we stayed at the mm. the hotel last year where the conference was, we just walked up and we were there. Or we could go down to our room and take a break and charge our phones or, you know, so it was it was better if you could, and the key is if you can't afford that, at least try to stay within walking distance of the hotel, or maybe just don't go that year because we mm -hmm. think personally, it would have been worth it to stay at the location. It would have been nice just to be able to walk to our room whenever we wanted to and be right there. And, and so, yeah. So even if we had to forego, um, and only do a couple of nice dinners, there was a place in the Luxor. It was like a convenience store. And we yeah. just got that last night or something. We just got like chips and a sandwich. You know yeah. what I mean? And it may probably was a little bit more because it's Vegas and it's a Luxor, but, but still, still, it was still yeah. less expensive than probably the hundred or so dollars that we averaged just getting a mm. dinner, you know? Yeah. So, it, so that's one way you can save, uh, if you don't, if you, you know, have to compromise and have to, you know, mm. make that shift over from one part of your budget to another. And then of course the taxi lesson is if you're in Vegas, rely on taxis, mm -hmm. power banks. I thought about bringing a power bank, but I didn't because in Austin, I don't remember having a problem, but so in Vegas, I. we mm -hmm. were, I think it's because we were looking at our phones more to try to figure out, you know, using the mm -hmm. Uber app a lot of and more apps. Like yeah. It was, yeah. So the first thing we did on Saturday morning is we went down and got a power bank. They, they had power banks, of course, there at the Luxor. So we got our power banks and then we felt so much better. We only had to use them like once, but at least we had them. Power mm -hmm. banks definitely were helpful. Run away from the Rio. Now I know it's going to be changing, but as long as it's called the Rio, don't, don't go there. Mm -hmm. Just stay and away. Austria, I mean, really just, I mean, and again, this is preference, nothing. I mean, yeah. the old part of the strip off strip, they have good, like, I don't remember when we stayed the four Queens a decade ago. I mean, maybe it was like that, but I don't remember. And I, and I must not have felt like it was that gross, but so it's not like it's just because it's off strip. It just was very unique for that. Yeah, Cause situation. the Luxor is off the strip as well. Um, so we well, I mean, this is the old, like, you know, the main, the new strip, I should say that's kind yeah. of near. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing is the Luxor actually is not part of the strip that the monorail goes on yeah so that was the other thing is we could have done the monorail but we weren't part of that so you know monorail but again monorail. that's just monorail part, part of the doing research and things like that 
which speaking of is even though it was recommended to us, it's we should have checked the hotel reviews because as we were yeah. trying to get away from the hotel, Igor started looking up hotel reviews and one person was like if they still imploded buildings i would pay money to watch the rio get imploded yeah no no, no joke they they so, said that. yeah so that was the thing is is i understand why we trusted it but it just never hurts do your due diligence just make sure because the website because you know of course the website they're gonna make awesome. it look as nice right yeah i'm like oh this co- they don't say of course that this restaurant is not open well this restaurant actually it is did not open. but i didn't dig into it so yeah. that's the thing is maybe I just looked at the I just was looking, I yeah, right, I was just like, oh, right. this hotel, you know, this run. So we get there. We're like, let's walk to this. I'm like, oh, it's well, not. and that's a possibility that could have happened anyways. They might, yeah. might not have posted that's true. it. And, you know, so, yeah. but, and that's the other thing is on a trip, shit goes down, like shit happens. Yeah. So that was the other thing is that even if you plan as much as you can, sometimes shit's going to go sideways. Yeah. So our goal was the the number one goal is always stay safe. Let us, let's do what we need to do to stay safe. And then number two is just make the best of it. This will be a story later, you know, later we'll laugh about getting passing mm-hmm. out at four o'clock on a Friday night in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, when we weren't at <laughs> like at the club or anything, we, we just make the best of it. And we always do that. And we did. And so we had a good time regardless. And especially mm-hmm. once we got to the Luxor and crime con started, mm-hmm. then you just, you make the best of everything. The other thing that I was personally happy about Vegas is that the portions were big and they didn't skimp on the alcohol because at any restaurant that I go to any other place, it's like, um, cause I tend to like to eat the salmon when I'm at a nicer restaurant. So you get this little tiny piece of salmon and it's like 25 bucks. And then you have to, you know, like you have to have two dinners if you're really hungry, but it's really good. So I don't necessarily mind it. So when we, when I got the salmon, at this one restaurant, I was like, okay, it's going to be tiny and it's even more expensive because it's Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get the side of Brussels sprouts. Well, the salmon comes out and it's this huge ass piece of salmon. Mm-hmm. And then the Brussels sprouts, it was like a whole fucking tray mm-hmm. of Brussels sprouts. It was 11 bucks for these mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts. Now they were fucking amazing. I will say, I feel like those Brussels sprouts were worth $11, but I was so full from the salmon <laughs> that I couldn't eat it. So that wound up being my breakfast the next day. But the thing that was frustrating is I probably spent 35 bucks on that salmon. And yes, it was a good portion and it was good. The same miso salmon dish that I had at Cheesecake Factory in Dayton was better. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, was I wasn't is, that impressed with the like food I wasn't there. impressed with how good the food was. Right. I was, and that was like Alexa's Kitchen or Alexia's. Yeah, Alexa's. Something, yeah. yeah. And I got the... I, for some reason I was on a carb kick because I usually don't have that. And I got pasta again and mm. it wasn't as good. And it was just like, I had that, what is it? Three Georges or whatever, um, besides the hungry heifer or wherever that yeah, the- bar is. And that I had, I had the spaghetti and meatballs just, you know, basic, you know, but they gave you a good, and it was good. It was really mm-hmm. good. And I was like, I'd rather go back there than eat here. Plus yeah. we happen to have, of course it's Vegas. We happen to have the drunk crew out. It's Vegas. It's a Saturday night. Oh my but God. Everybody and their grandma that was there, not their grandma so much, but they, we had these full tables right beside us on each side of us that had a birthday and anniversary. Something. I swear. Yeah. One table. Like every five minutes, they'd start singing like a Christmas song or like a birthday song or an anniversary song. Sorry. Like they had an Arbor Day celebration at one point. I'm kidding. But they got this going on, the normal Vegas stuff. Like, so we are right. They have the doors open and, and stuff. And there's fountains on both sides of the restaurant. So every 10 minutes, 
their fountain goes up and there's strobe lights or something. So along with all the normal music, that's too loud these days because I'm 80. And then all the talking, they turn it up. You got the people singing, drunk, the fountain strobes and stuff. So I'm overstimulated just talking about it. Then the stereotypical dude, the end is nigh with big, long sign. Jesus hates you. Yeah, kind of thing. He's walking around back and forth. If that was it, wouldn't have bothered me. Then the bullhorn comes out. Mm -hmm. So we got the bullhorn on top of all that ridiculousness. The luckily this kitchen staff or the, you know, the staff there, they scurried a couple of them, went and made him decease and desist with the bullhorn. But by then, you know, and if, if the food was good, it still would have been overwhelming, but at least I could say, look, (laughs) the food was good, but. I was done. I was like, let's mm. go back. I well, that was, yeah, that was the thing is we were like the jet lag and just everything happening. It, I felt like we were too tired to even really have good conversations. Austin, I feel like we had all this kind of time to just yeah. sit there and drink and talk. It was just, just a lot more out. relaxing because we were there and it, we didn't have the stress of having to switch yeah. hotels. And well, I think that was the, that. the thing about Vegas. I think that inherently is just not for me is that it's just you pay more because you're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I don't fucking like that mm-hmm. is I want to pay more because it's worth more. So like I said, at some restaurants, if I get the salmon, it's only like a fourth of a salmon, but it's really good. Okay. Then I, that's, that's all right. But if I'm just spending 40 bucks on something, cause I'm in Vegas and it's yeah. a, and it's an okay piece of meat, fuck you. So I think that's, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was the thing about the Rio is the Rio, you don't realize how much of a um, bias you have or a preconception you have until like you're faced with it. So I picture Vegas as well. I think it's partially because the Austin hotel was so nice. So I pictured, well, if that was nice and we're in Vegas, me too, everything's going to be nicer. It's going to be amazing. And we walk in and it was literally like, Oh, this is the the depressing side of Vegas. This is the people with literally their babies crawling around the carpet while they gamble, you know, smoking. Oh my God. That's right. We're not making that. We're not making that joke. They were sitting on this filthy carpet, a family while they were waiting for their room. Like we were, they had their babies sitting on the carpet, eating their McDonald's. Well, and there were some people that that were literally gambling and their kid was sitting on the floor coloring. Yeah. And And they're smoking away. I just, yeah, yeah, it's just sad. It was very, and it just felt dark and desperate there. And of course, as you walk into that newer part, it was, it was a little better, but. But nobody was there because it was never open. Right. And um, we, on the last day when we were walking, uh, we had our suitcases and we were walking out to find our Uber there. We're not making this up. There was a woman in her slippers with her two little girls walking around in their, their nightgowns. It was just very sad. I mean. You know, I, I'm not against gambling or anything. It's just, I don't understand why babies, I kept saying this. I know you're tired of hearing me, but I don't know why babies <laughs> were there. Even when we were out after the ghost walk, it was like 1130 at night. There was a woman on the street with her friends and her, you know, best dress up. Hey, go out mom. But she had her little girl standing there and like eight, nine years old, maybe. And just looking so tired. I was like, why are babies out? Mm. What is I know families live and and, and stuff. It's just, I, I guess the Midwest and minister's daughter coming is coming out of me. I just was like, this is, it just was a whole different thing that I had not Mm -hmm. seen before there. Yeah. And I will say that another reason why we might not have liked Vegas as much as besides the fact that we don't gamble. Cause you know, I know people that have gone to Vegas that don't gamble that still have fun. There's a lot of things to do. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is that 
we didn't go see any shows because that's the thing is when you go to a convention, you don't have a lot of time. So we didn't go to any shows. And, and they would go till like seven o'clock Saturday. They went to like seven o'clock at night. Right. You know what I mean? Then we eat dinner and then, yeah, we drink and go to bed. Yeah. So it was, so that's, you know, that, that if I don't know that I would ever go back to Vegas, but if I did, I would definitely plan on maybe going to see some shows and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And now that I've learned some lessons about it, it's possible I could go back there and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I think Austin was better for me personally. I loved I Austin I was too. so much better. And it, it was a great way better and completely. It was low key. We were there. There were so many. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like you're talking about lessons, logistics. Now we know this is our second one. We know if the bigger the city, let's look, let's get logistics. Yeah, and then was... maybe the bigger city's not for us. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah. And that's the, the thing is I'm pretty good at planning. And when I was yeah. knew I was going to New York, I was able to find all kinds of things. I was able to look at maps and figure out how to get from mm -hmm. here to here. And, you know, and, and in that, time period it was like we went with a group and they had like specific times we had to be at specific places but I was able to navigate it and when you know even when we've gone to you know like we'll go to Hawking Hills and so I'll plan I'm able to plan things out it just feels like any other time and with Austin I was able to plan things out I was able to look at what but it just felt like Vegas was so inaccessible like I would look at maps mm -hmm. and you could and it might show some of the restaurants but you couldn't see if there were because I was like I wanted to go to this one store that had comics and oddities but you couldn't tell if there's anything around it that might be interesting and worth driving 27 minutes or, you know, paying to go 27 minutes. It just felt like it was harder to plan. And even and when we were, yeah, even when we were driving to the ghost walk, I didn't, she didn't know what area was. And I, you know, and I hadn't been there in a decade and it ended up being in the old Vegas, you know, near the, near the Fremont street and all that. And on the way though, because between the main strip where the Luxor is and everything to old Vegas, it is not a good ride. It's not a... <laughs> not a good area. And I looked at her, I was like, where are we going? She goes, I don't know. How am I supposed to know? It was 20 minutes. You know, it was like 20 minutes away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. And I haven't been there a long time. So I asked the driver, I was like, um, is this area you're taking us to going to be a guy says, yes, it's going to be fine. And it was, mm -hmm. um, for the most part, is yeah, it the, darker? The, the other stop, couple was right. like, you know what you walk with us, we'll mm -hmm. stay, you know, yeah, because kinda, it is not, it is yeah. a scary situation at this point yeah. and uh they're from LA so that's why they you know drive mm. there and they're very familiar yeah it was just it was very different very different mm. from Austin well and I will say though the flights were easier because to Austin we had we had layovers in both flights and so the flights were more um, stressful and longer. So I will say that this time flight wise, the flights were good. It was just mm -hmm. like three hours. I mean, it's still stressful because you're on a fucking plane where you're afraid to touch the person next to you. And, and I didn't have a book to read on the first flight, but overall it was fine. And that went smoothly. So I was glad to say that. So overall, of course, we're going to say crime cons amazing. We are going to skip next year. Mm -hmm. take a year off and maybe do trips with our significant others and we'll still have a sister some sister weekends and stuff but yeah uh, but we figure you know we'll, we'll, they're gonna be in florida next year we've been to florida you know we don't need to but i will say we've gone two years in a row and i feel like some of the content might have been the same but they still have enough different content that oh, yeah. makes it worth it mm -hmm. so i don't feel like i wasted my money on anything not at all and i think honestly skipping a year it would be interesting if we go the year after to see Whereas it depends on where it's going to be and all that, whether we go or not, but it'd be great if it was in new Orleans. That oh my God. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so we, we do look forward to going again sometime and we do recommend, we do think, I think it's worth it. 
if you have the money and you have the time mm-hmm. to do it and you're interested in true crime, just the people that we met and the experiences. And I got my picture taken with Josh Mankowitz. No, I can right. post it. He had his arm around me. We were walking. We were, yeah. And I was, you know, just to kind of go over a few more people in line for that Billy Jensen, that hour and a half, met a woman, came by herself from Canada. None of her family and friends are as into true crime as she is. And then, of course, the woman we had lunch with and the couple from the ghost tour, they were real great and gave us a lot of tips and um, helped us out. And so, you know, in that, in that case, it was a really successful trip too, because we met a lot of good people Yeah, and, and it's even still like, really we, nice to do that in Sin City. Yeah. And we went to, we went into a casino just to use a restroom. And while I was waiting for her, this dude comes up to me and I was wearing my crime con shirt. Oh, he and wanted he some just, of that. Oh, um, he was kind of cute. But he was like, oh, you're you're into crime con. And so we chatted and I told him about the podcast and he was so excited, you know, so just, yeah, just just the random people that you talk to that you have a nice conversation with. It was Mm -hmm. it was definitely worth it. I will end with I mentioned the staircase on HBO. Apparently, I was thinking it was going to be a movie, but it's actually a series. I haven't looked up how long it is yet. I just realized this the other day when I thought that I was watching the last episode and then it was like, now comes episode four. And I was like, what the fuck? I rewatched The Staircase on Netflix and now I'm watching The Staircase on HBO. So I will be coming out with an episode comparing them. And and I'm going to do some more research because they mentioned some things in The Staircase on HBO that I do not remember from The Staircase on Netflix. So I'm curious to see where they get some of the information and, you know, and, and what's and I recommend if you haven't watched The Staircase on Netflix, watch that and then watch The Staircase on HBO because Colin Firth is... Michael Peterson, like his mannerisms. It is eerie how much he is like Michael Peterson in this HBO special. And I just looked it up on the HBO special, The Staircase. Season one is 10 episodes. Well, shit. So yeah, there's a lot. And then, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do because the, the season one, episode 10 says last chance, final appear. So it's just going to be interesting to see what else, what, if they can come yeah. back with the season two. So what I'll probably do is like I did with Dexter while Dexter was on is I'll probably do like updates. Like the next episode, I'll talk about um, maybe I'll go over the basis of the staircase and what they've d- done so far. And then the episode after that, I'll do my episode and an update on the staircase. And, you know, and then I'll do like a summary episode when it's all over. I'll do some more research in the meantime on it because it is it is pretty interesting. So yeah, that's uh, CrimeCon 2022 and bullshit Vegas. I mean, Vegas is fine in and of its. I just we're not obviously we're not Vegas gals. Yeah, it's it's not really for us. But you know, we had a good time. My final thought is run away from the Rio. Mm-hmm. Do you have a final thought? Billy Jensen, Josh Mankiewicz got to uh, holes. Well, oh, polls, I didn't actually, we did, we did go to a presentation. That presentation yes. was pretty good, but um, yeah, I mean, so I got to see him, but you know, I got up close and touched by both of them. Mm. So I was touched in Vegas. On that note, we appreciate you paying attention to us and tuning in. Make sure you keep tuning in because we have all sorts of stuff coming up. And as always, thank you for entering the lab. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not, as long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. 
The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats. Josh Mankiewicz and I did acid.